You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. We have a full Skype today. My uh, room here, the office, is completely empty, but we have a lot of friendly faces uh, over the internet. So let's start with, uh, with Ken. How are you doing today? Hey, what's up? Uh, are you uh, are you uh, handling yourself well uh, with the nice weather that's just uh, come through? Uh, well, I uh, had a little flood in my apartment in the uh, Chicago area. We got some torrential uh, rainfall. So uh, I'm currently in my parents' basement, kind huh. of camping out down there. And I uh, never thought I'd be uh, sleeping in my parents' basement again. But uh, here we are. And is it is it like a sitcom, like we hope it is? Uh, it's a bit like a sitcom, except there's a lot less room in the uh, fridge for my vegan food. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, that was Matt's laugh. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. Uh, it reminds me of the month before I moved back, uh, moved out to L.A. I moved back into my parents' house, and I actually stayed in my childhood bedroom. And it was super weird, and all the furniture was very small. And and how how are you doing? I know work is back open for you, right? Yeah, we're we're letting people into the store. They're staying six feet apart, and uh, it's kind of a nightmare because you have to. There's so many more protocols, and they don't give you extra people for it. But we're doing our best and serving the fine people of Beverly Hills, so it's going well. well there you go. Thank you for for doing that. Obviously, um, and uh, just to let you know how things are going for me today. Um, I had to take uh, my migraine pill, which Ken calls the limitless pill, right before this. And in my loopy state, I accidentally broke uh, a glass in the sink. So I have that to look forward to after we're recording to make sure I found all the little pieces so I don't cut myself. So um, such so be fun. Uh, but uh, we have very special guests with us today. Uh, we'll start with our uh, contestant guests. They're going to be playing against Matt and myself. Um, and uh, Patreon supporters, we really appreciate it. And that's Sean and Shenandoah Bernstein. How's it going? Good, thanks. Great, thanks. Uh, and you're coming to us from Toronto. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And uh, and uh, yeah, we just want to learn a little bit more about you. So I'll, I'll go first. Hi, everyone. Uh, I am a writer, uh, once a lawyer, once a journalist. I don't know. I've worn a lot of hats and seven minutes of a career, uh, but writing full time, doing a bit of legal work. Uh, we're working from home. This is day 68 of quarantine at this point. So who knows what my hair is looking like on camera, but thankfully this is a podcast. <laughs> Are you putting yeah. notches into the drywall to count the days? 
there's a growth chart, except I'm in my 30s, and so it doesn't actually get any bigger. <laughs> and his wife has started a lot of kooky projects around the house, mm. so that's been keeping us busy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Any, um, anything like but, the cones of Dunshire from uh, Parks and Rec? Yeah, I, I mean, some some good, some bad. <laughs> we're, we're currently sitting on reupholstered chairs that we did ourselves. Wow. So, you know, there's that. And they turned out okay. Um, but uh, when the world is normally spinning, I'm an event planner. And now that uh, everything is in quarantine, I guess I'm more of a virtual event planner. But uh, you're making the most of it, learning some new skills for sure in quarantine. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, for supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate it. And our special guest host today, uh, you remember her from uh, just an insanely good performance on Bloodsport Season 2. Um, she uh, just did a wonderful job. She's coming to us from Bath, Michigan, and that is Kate Hagerman. How's it going, Kate? It's going well. I'm excited to be back. Yes, we're excited to have you. This time on the other side of the questions, it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you don't have to worry about uh, all the different types of questions you're getting or the different rounds. You can just kind of sit back, relax, and uh, stump us this time. That's my plan. And uh, what's new in your world? Um, well, I'm working from home. I'm a high school chemistry teacher, so um, I've done a lot of a lot of this virtual communication lately. Um, but that wraps up soon, and then I'm hoping to get out to my regular summer projects, my garden, and, and all those things that I enjoy here in Michigan. Yeah, I imagine it's hard to keep high school kids regularly involved, but then once they're Yo, on the, on the yeah. computer, and you, you've lost all control. So they're doing whatever they feel like at that point. That is exactly right. I, Yeah, I can't underscore that enough. As soon as the weather got nice here in Michigan which was honestly just a week or two ago, the, the participation numbers went way down. <laughs> pure chaos, pure Michigan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to have to become the TikTok chemistry teacher or something to keep them engaged. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Kate, for joining us for writing this game and for supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate it. Sure. Um, all right. Uh, so Matt and I are going to be a team. Uh, so before we throw it to the rules guy, Matt, any ideas on a team name? I don't. I literally hadn't thought about it till right now. So let's go to the rules guy and then we'll we'll think of something. That Maybe something good. will spark. When... Yeah, let's let's do it. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. All right. Another wonderful rules reading uh, per usual. So, Matt, uh, inspired by Ken living at home with his parents for a while again, uh, we know that his mom... Well, hopefully just a week or so. Hopefully just well, a... my floors, floors get redone. Uh, yeah, nothing being like being in your 30s and living in your mom's basement. <laughs> this is just a visit. It's an extended okay. visit. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, good for your Tinder profile is what I'm no, saying. No, not, not great. Well, we know <laughs> Ken's mom likes uh, to have sort of the um, the home goods potpourri around the house, Matt. So how about we be team live, laugh, love? Yeah, I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, and Sean and Shenandoah, what do you guys think? We're going to be team dog and pony show. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Love it. All right, Team Dog mm -hmm. and Pony Show versus Team Live, Laugh, and Love. Uh, Kate, feel See, free to... we should have went to them first, because then we could have been... <laughs> That's true. Come on, Matt. <laughs> it's not too late. I'm, gonna, I, I'm not going to edit that out, but I am going to bleep it. That's fair. <laughs> uh, feel free to take it away, Kate. 
All right. Um, I want to preface this by saying these questions came from um, a trivia night that my Quiz Bowl team hosted. It was one of the last things that we did uh, mm-hmm. before school ended. Um, that's our big fundraiser for the year is we write um, 10 rounds of 10 trivia questions plus a couple bonus rounds. And people from the community, schools, parents come out and enjoy a fun night of trivia that we host. So I took these questions, some of them I edited, but most of them the students wrote and uh, I, I help out. So they were um, really big fans of Bloodsport. When I was on Bloodsport, they um, they really got into it. They had watch parties, got together. Oh, wow. They really enjoyed it. So I thought it would be cool if I was able to use some of their questions here on Triviality. I think they get a big kick out of that. Yeah. Well, thank you to them. And if they're listening, you know, thanks for, for checking us out, I guess. Yes. And shower gifts to your teacher because she's awesome. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> All right. So we'll go ahead with round one. Uh, question one category is the Fab Four. Short and sweet. Who sang the lead vocals on the 1966 song Yellow Submarine? We can lock in, Matt. It's, I have no idea. You don't know. I, I would just be guessing one of four. I, so. I think he wrote it. So, yeah, and I think it's his song. So we're going to lock in. Okay, you're locked in. So, um, Matt, I believe this one, um, you know, normally with the Beatles, you get uh, John and Paul uh, and mm-hmm. occasionally George, but I think this one was written by or sung by Ringo as the lead vocalist. So that was my mm-hmm. my locked in answer. Yep, we uh, we said it was Ringo. I think he wrote it, and it's it's one of his rare contributions. Points all around. You guys are correct. It is Ringo Starr. All right. Nice job. And and I don't really know a lot about the Beatles, so anytime at trivia night, whenever it's a which Beatle type question, that is. Always my default answer is Ringo Starr, and it's almost never correct, so. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Ringo. Still alive, right? I'm still kicking. Yes, that's correct, Matt. He's going to win the tauntine of whatever the the Beatles prize is. (laughs) (laughs) The flying hellfish. (laughs) All right, question two. The category is heavy metal. Yellow cake is a type of concentrated powder made while processing the ore of which metallic element? Oh, boy. Elements, usually not our strong point. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a loss on this one, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that is, paprika is not an element, uh, Neil, so thank you for texting me that. Um, just thankful these aren't 10 cents a piece. I just wrote the wrong thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Matt and I are having a lot of trouble here. Uh, some answers, as he said, was were pa- uh, paprika. I wrote cocaine. Um, so yeah, uh, Matt, let's just go with your answer. Okay, I have an idea. So I think I think this is right. I think it's sulfur, but I could be very wrong. Uh, sulfur. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, we weren't really sure. I accidentally texted Neil Ukraine instead of uranium, which is what my <laughs> guess was. We kind of had a laugh, but um, I think I think it is uranium. I think that it there's not enough uh, radioactive material that you can use it in a cake type object. So we locked in with uranium. All right. Sulfur is a good guess from the yellow clue. Sulfur is a yellow element, but it is not a metal. The correct answer here is uranium. Nice job. Well done, guys. Nice, Matt. Which it is. It is the heaviest natural metal on Mm -hmm. the periodic table. Ken, uh, how do you feel about the heaviest natural metal? (laughs) 
the heaviest natural metal that I'm aware of is Opeth. <laughs> Opeth. Good recommendation. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three category is children's literature. This title character created by the Swedish author Astrid Lindgren is known for having unusual strength and gravity-defying red hair. We're going to lock that in. Oh. Ooh. Immediately, you, I, every, anytime I hear red hair, children's literature, I immediately go to um, Pippi Longstocking. Okay. But I don't... I, much, I don't remember her lifting a lot of things. I don't either. No. I, I know her hair is always kind of like um, in pigtails and it's like... You know, it's in the mm-hmm. air constantly, um, and it's like it doesn't. How much? How much could Pippi Longstocking bench? Is the question. <laughs> right? Yeah. She when she was at the NFL Combine, how many reps did she do? Yeah. Um, I, I want to say it's Pippi Longstocking. I don't know why. Cause she's okay. got, the only the only clue I got there was that the hair is in the air. Like I don't know if she can lift a lot of weight, but okay. Well, we will go with Pippi Longstocking. So as a redhead etiquetting, we have to give an Anne of Green Gables shout out. Except it's not Anne, because as a redhead myself, I could tell you it's Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, the correct answer is Pippi Longstocking. Oh, wow. So, All right. so what's the clue with the lifting weight? Uh, that was her character uh, was just unusually strong for a uh, 12-year-old girl or whatever it was. But oh. I think some of the stories she's able to lift a bunch of stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, she did I only, some crazy yeah. work on the leg press machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I only know her as Dave Thomas's daughter, so I guess I was just <laughs> confused. <laughs> We can we can we can carry on. All right. Question four, category I am serious. In addition to the Harry Potter series, this moaning myrtle actress also appeared in Doctor Who and Bridget Jones's diary. Um we can we can lock that one in so they can talk, Matt. I only know the the main character of Bridget Jones. Yeah, and it's, it's not British. Uh, we feeling hell at the bottom. Carter, what are we? I mean, I know Maggie Smith is in Harry Potter, so <laughs> if you want to, let's sure for, <laughs> for for what it's worth, we will lock it in. Man, I love I love Maggie Smith's voice. Uh, I, I I was gonna do an impression of. I'm not going to now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Moaning Myrtle. Um, she's really funny. Uh, I can't remember. I think on Doctor Who, her face was like stuck in cement or something or in a wall or I can't remember exactly. But um, mm-hmm. I believe it's Shirley Henderson is the actress's name. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. It is Shirley Henderson. <laughs> oh, I just got your clue there. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was the only thing I got. <laughs> Man. All right. Question five is football. Who won the 2018 FIFA Men's World Cup Tournament? I, I remember that it was, yeah, it was a long shot because everyone that they thought was going to win it didn't. And it was a, a pretty odd final four. Uh, okay. What do you want? You want to? I'd say let's go with this. One. Okay. So we're, we're going to lock in with a crazy guess. All right. What are you guys going with? We're going to go with Iceland. I'm going to Iceland. Ooh. Yeah. See, I remember it being memorable for Croatia being in the final four. That was the big one that I was thinking of, but I don't think they won. Uh, Neil, what did you text me that you thought it was? So since time is kind of all over the place, I think this was two years ago, but I remember at work we were watching it and I think it was the World Cup and there was a young player on France. I forget if his last name was like Mbappe or something. He was like 18 or 19. He was just like tearing up everyone and I think they won. So um, I just off my gut, we said France. 
uh, the correct answer is France. Mm. How soon we forget. <laughs> and that doesn't yeah. seem that unusual. Viva <laughs> France. Second place was Croatia. Third was Belgium, and fourth was England. Yeah, that was England's like highest finish in a long time, and I remember they were really, really excited about getting that close. And I remember uh, that because uh, yeah, Iceland uh, did get pretty far in that uh, tournament, uh, much farther than expected. I remember because I when they finally got knocked out, I was like. Oh, it's a shame we won't see all the uh, the highlights with Sigaros in the background anymore. But. <laughs> well, and I seem to remember that there were more people like in attendance at the World Cup than there were like in Iceland. In Iceland. Oh, really? That is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and shout out to I think we have a listener from Iceland who has been posting in the crop. Is that? That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I think he's our Pretty. first Icelandic he's... listener, Vigfus, Vigfus or Vigfus. I, yeah, sorry about the pronunciation. He has a very Icelandish name, and I love reading it every time I see it. So yeah, shout great, out to that guy. Yeah, great beard too. <laughs> um, so after five questions, uh, I don't actually think this has ever happened before, and this, this means we're going to jinx ourselves, and it's going to go downhill. But I, uh, so team live, laugh, love are betting perfect uh, with fifty. And Team Dog and Pony Show have 20, so still still a close game. Because we're due for our swoon any moment now. So. Oh, Kate's <laughs> going to drop the hammer, I'm sure, any minute. <laughs> All right, question six. War history. Name the country that won the French and Indian War. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, These are the ones we hate because it's like, ooh, we're going to sound really stupid with an answer of some country that wasn't in this war. <laughs> Yeah, that probably. Yeah, we could just go with your answer because I'm trying to think of movies that de- that uh, depict the <laughs> French and Indian War, and I, they're not helping me whatsoever right now. Okay. So well, that's a shame. So we're locked in. You guys can chat about it. We're <laughs> we're ashamed at how long it's been since high school. Mm. <laughs> um, it's best not to do the math once it's not, once, yeah. once, not... once you've passed your 10 year anniversary, you just you don't count anymore. Oh, bu- buddy, I'm coming up on 20. <laughs> no, me too. It's not a good so. scene. <laughs> Okay, we're going to lock in because, hey, why not? That's how the day is going. Um, so, what you guys have? I'm going to say the UK or Britain or whatever you want to call it for okay. these purposes. Yeah, I feel like this war took place in the Northeast, and that's why I locked in with Canada. But Canada might not have been a nation yet at the time, but we locked in with Canada. All right. The winners of the French and Indian War was Great Britain. This was before the Revolutionary War, so there was not the United States yet. Mm-hmm. So it was Great Britain. Nice job. Matt uh, laughed at me, but wasn't this isn't this last of the Mohicans? That's the French Indian War, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, That's good. Correct. Okay. So at least I got that right. I couldn't remember and, and who Matt, won. Matt was right about kind of regionally. It took place a lot in um, eastern Canada and. Um, mm. northeastern United States, current United States, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Like, that's I think great. of, like, New York area. Mm-hmm. Kind of- so I didn't make a fool of myself. Good job. All right, question seven, mythology. This creature can be found in the mythology of ancient India and Mesopotamia, the Pokemon Ponita in its Galarian form, and in the royal coat of arms of the United Kingdom. Let me guess where Matt's pulling this one from. Well, I, I believe it's pronounced Ponyta, if it's if it's P-O-N-Y-T-A. But the dog. You know, I I made a pronunciation key for myself <laughs> on that because I knew I'd mess it up. Not okay. a Pokemon person. That's fine. But. Yeah, I wonder if the dog and Ponyta show uh, know this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we both wrote down the same 
thing. So I think we're going to lock it in because life is short. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, so, Matt, I don't know any of these words. So um, mm-hmm. it's up to you because I, I don't know anything about Pokemon except like Mewtwo, Meowtow, whatever. Okay, um, so it the Ponytow is a, it's a horse that's on fire, basically. So what we're looking for is a mythological creature that would be a horse with like flames or something, but I can't think of anything. Maybe. Um, I'm trying to pull from uh, from Ponyta by Genuine, but it's not. Uh... Oh, it could be. It could be the. Could be the Chimera, because I believe that's on the the sh- the crest of the uke of the. What's a Chimera? Or wait, ch- Chimera? Chimera? Yeah, no, Chimera. Yeah, yeah, Chimera. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll lock in with that one. Okay. So we were trying to figure it out because the most of the clues weren't really given it to us, but when we thought about the UK. Uh, it both led us separately to the Griffin. So we're mm. going to lock in with Griffin. Uh, no points here. The correct answer is unicorn. Um, which oh. Scotland is represented by a unicorn oh. on the United Kingdom. Mm. Gotcha. What's what's a group of unicorns called? I forgot. This this comes up all the time. I'll think of it later. A blessing. A blessing. A blessing. That's right. A, a blessing. blessing unicorn. Yes. All right. Uh, Category eight, reality TV. This TV series is about four investigators led by Matt Moneymaker and their adventures traveling the United States while looking for a mythological simian like creature. Okay, I think I I think I know it, Matt. I think I know that they're searching for Bigfoot, but I'm not sure that I actually know what the name of the show is called. I, I haven't seen it. So this this one's all so you. It might be finding Bigfoot, searching Bigfoot. Where is Bigfoot? Something, you know, lock in with Finding Bigfoot? Yeah, I think that sounds like a TV show. Okay. So we're going to lock in with Finding Bigfoot. So the funny question here is not what is the answer to this one, but it makes me realize there's like a million Bigfoot shows, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a matter of are we finding Bigfoot? Are we in search of Bigfoot? Is Big uh, Bigfoot alive? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Matt, you had a you had an answer um, that maybe is right. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I think the name of the and this might be there might be another one like in search of Sasquatch, which might be its competitor. But I think that the answer is in search of Bigfoot. So that's what we locked in with. All right. Uh, the correct answer is finding Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my bad neil that's what neil thought it was at first so that was just my gut yeah yeah ironically it's jeff's favorite show <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah jeff I, I could see jeff watching hours and hours of finding bigfoot footage um just to prove them wrong jeff is actually off right now fighting bigfoot you're right we actually <laughs> didn't talk about where jeff is but you are correct he's trying to find bigfoot because jeff is getting commissioned to do an art piece where they need to sculpt a full body sized version of bigfoot and he wants the real thing i can't wait for the chris guest movie waiting for bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> all right question nine this is from our before and after round which is by far the most popular round at our trivia night we've had it every time So in 1970, Led Zeppelin recorded this Walt Whitman poem about his journey from the land of ice and snow to a new country. Um, I think you got the first part right. I think the um, let me text you what I think the Walt Whitman poem is. Oh, wow. That's like true teamwork. If that's correct, then we each equally contributed there. You want to lock in with that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. We're locked in. 
Well, lock in with something, but you, you guys <laughs> they go, already, oh. uh, I guess. You guys locked in already? Yep. They yeah, already, you can feel free to answer. They got it. They, they combined forces and got it perfectly. Yeah, they did because they're <laughs> much cooler than us. But we knew that. That's why we listened to them and give them money. Um, <laughs> yeah, knowing Walt Whitman poems is the definition of cool. <laughs> We're locked in with nothing. Nothing. Which happened? Okay. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Matt, you can finish the answer, but I just wrote um, Immigrant Song. Uh, which I believe is the one that Sean was referencing, the uh, Land of the Ice and Snow, the, ah, that one. Um, and then you finished it. Yeah, I think it's off um, his, the book Leaves, I think is the, the book of poems. And I think this one is called uh, Song of Myself. So we said Immigrant Song of Myself. Yeah, you guys got it. It is Immigrant <laughs> Song of Myself. I think the it's Leaves of Grass is the one. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well done, guys. I think yeah. that's the one that um, Walt signs in Breaking Bad, which is where I may or may yes. not know that from. Oh, is that the yeah. one where Hank's exactly. on the toilet and he sees the signature? Yeah. And yeah. it's written from Gail. Hmm. Yes, very good. Spoiler. That's... Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of before and after questions. If you can get one part, mm-hmm. then it might lead you to the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Question 10 is anagrams. So I will give you two descriptions and you're going to give me two answers. Um, if you want, we could do five points each for them. Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, the two answers that you'll give will be anagrams, meaning same letters, but different rearrangement. Mm-hmm. So first, uh, pop singer of Toxic. And then followers of the Protestant religion created by John Knox that was heavily influenced by Calvinism. We are locked in. Oh, wow. Um, are we? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. Are we? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I get it. Now. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so Matt, pop singer of Toxic, Britney Spears, right? Right. And now we have to rearrange those letters to another answer for the Calvinism thing? I, I am at a loss. I have no idea. I think we might just have to take the five points yeah, for Britney well, Spears. We got, yeah, so we got that. Um, an anagram of Spears gets to Aspers, which sounds like it could be something. So we're going to, I guess we'll lock in with Britney Spears and Aspers. Okay. And we wrote out, so she wrote a Britney Spears. I looked at that and went, wait a second, Presbyterian. Mm. Oh. So I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it's actually Presbyterians, but oh. I'm going to take it because that's <laughs> Thank pretty you. good. Thank you. <laughs> and We're I, by your kindness. For some reason, it just makes me laugh that Britney Spears and Presbyterians are anagrams. Wow. <laughs> we just have to yeah, wait for you now. <laughs> which she needs to do her Presbyterian uh, album, her special Presbyterian album. Uh, all right. So after the first round, it looks like team uh, dog and pony show are at 50 points and team live, laugh, love are at 65. So it's still very close. Uh, and going into the swing round, uh, what do you have in store for us, Kate? All right. For the swing round today, I have a um, theme that is going to be who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the tumor. Who is your daddy? <laughs> So I will give you a description of a person, and you are going to tell me who their father is. Okay. 
All right. All right. And there will be some specifics in each question about what I might need for the particular answer. All right. So number one, who is Justin Bieber's father-in-law? Since he comes from a well-known acting family, first and last name required. Number two, who is the famous father of the sometimes actor, sometimes rapper, formerly known as Chet Hayes? Chet recently caused controversy at the Golden Globes and on Instagram. Number three, give the stage name of the man who was portrayed by his son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., in a 2015 biopic. Number four, identify this well-known father of twins, one of whom started life working on a farm, then went on to become a fighter pilot and mentor. The other had a more privileged upbringing and served as a spy, senator, and general. Number five, who was the father of the Russian Grand Duchess Anastasia? She has been the subject of many myths and conspiracy theories, which were finally put to rest thanks to DNA testing in 2007. Number six, who was the father of Queen Elizabeth I? Number seven, whose son played for the Brewers, Tigers, and Rangers between 2005 and 2016? Ironically, both father and son were known as power hitters. First and last name required. Number eight, which U.S. president from New York was the father of Baby Ruth, who was listed by the Curtis Candy Company as the inspiration for the name of the Baby Ruth candy bar? Number nine, who is the father to Greg, Jan, Cindy, Marsha, Peter, and Bobby? First and last name are required. And number 10, what Canadian actor father shared the laughter and love with his son, a Grammy-nominated artist and judge on The Masked Singer? First and last name are required. All right, we're going to take a look at these questions and be back with our answers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've taken some time and uh, we have all of our answers locked in. So right before we go back to Kate, just wanted to mention to everyone, uh, if you haven't joined the crop on Facebook, uh, please come join us and interact with all the other listeners. We're almost at a thousand members, which is awesome. Uh, And uh, also thank you for everyone sending in reviews. We really appreciate it. Uh, We're getting up there uh, with our reviews, whether they're uh, five star, one star, two star. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll hear a couple reviews uh, that we recently had, which uh, gave us a few smiles. Uh, we normally don't talk about them, but they were uh, just too fun not to include. So uh, make sure to listen to that uh, when it comes out. But uh, Kate, feel free to uh, take over and let's hear these questions one more time. We'll give our answers. All right. I just want to preface this by saying I wrote this round for the trivia night we hosted and the feedback I got was that it was very tough. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you guys will do do better than the, the average Heartland uh, trivia night player. <laughs> All right. Question one. 
Who was Justin Bieber's father-in-law? Since he comes from a well-known acting family, first and last name required. All right, we'll start over here at Live, Laugh, Love. Um, we knew it was a Baldwin, and I'm almost positive that Alec Baldwin's kid is Ireland Baldwin with Kim Basinger. Um, and this Baldwin, I believe, is Stephen Baldwin because I know he has a reputation of being very religious. And uh, Haley was uh, Baldwin, I believe, is the wife of Justin Bieber. Um, it was kind of a controversy that she got married so young. So uh, we went with Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, it is the lesser, lesser, lesser known Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's Stephen. That's correct. Stephen Baldwin. Nice. Number two. Who is the famous father of the sometimes actor, sometimes rapper, formerly known as Chet Hayes? Chet recently caused controversy at the Golden Globes and on Instagram. All right. Yeah, this one, uh, we, we remember seeing some videos. Uh, there's some unfortunate ones where I think he sounds like he's from Jamaica, um, but uh, he's not. Uh, we said Tom Hanks was his dad. Yep, this is, uh, I think he announced his parents had coronavirus and it was, what was it, totally whack? Oh, yes. I don't remember the exact <laughs> quote, but it was pretty humiliating when you watch Colin Hanks at all his glory. But yeah, it is Tom Hanks' son. That's correct. Tom Hanks. Number three. Give the stage name of the man who was portrayed by his son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., in a 2015 biopic. That's one, uh, one of my favorite actors. Uh, I do like most of the things he does. We said Ice Cube. And we, uh, we also said Ice Cube. Points all around. It is Ice Cube. All right. Number four. Identify this well-known father of twins, one of whom started life working on a farm, then went on to become a fighter pilot and mentor. The other had a more privileged upbringing and served as a spy, senator, and general. Yeah, this one we had no clue. Uh, so thought of that time Army Hammer played twins, and we thought maybe his dad was MC Hammer. So we said MC Hammer. We, uh, I, I'm really curious to hear who this is, because we've gotten up. I have no idea. It's a great clue, and... We don't have it. I'll be honest. I, I edited this a little bit because I thought it would give it away too quickly. Um, I took out the phrase red five from the fighter pilot. I thought that might give it away. No, mm -hmm. uh, no. this is uh, a guy known as Anakin Skywalker or oh. Darth Vader. Oh, oh, God. <sighs> We got stuck on thinking of regular people, real people. <laughs> that got, was the challenge. Yeah. I was like, they sound like they were separated at birth. I'm going through my U.S. But... history. <laughs> the question is, did the twins kiss, though, is what we need to know. <laughs> Which they did. <laughs> that would have gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five. Who was the father of the Russian Grand Duchess Anastasia? She has been the subject of many myths and conspiracy theories, which were finally put to rest thanks to DNA testing in 2007. Yeah, we we had no idea, really. Um, we know that there's some Russians like called the Great. I believe Peter the Great was a great. So uh, we said the answer is Peter the Great. I've actually been to Russia, and I think I saw, I don't know if I saw the bones, but I definitely saw um, parts of where this happened. But it was Tsar Nicholas II. Mm-hmm. That's correct. It was Tsar Nicholas II, Romanov. Oh, wow. Number six, who was the father of Queen Elizabeth I? Um, yeah, this one we weren't sure. Um, Neil was saying that Queen Elizabeth II's father was King George II, I believe. So we just went with maybe this was King George I. So for some reason, I think this is Henry VIII. I could be totally wrong, but we went with Henry VIII. So let's see. 
Yeah, Queen Elizabeth's uh, mother was Anne Boleyn, and mm. her father was Henry VIII. Number seven, whose son played for the Brewers, Tigers, and Rangers between 2005 and 2016? Ironically, both father and son were known as power hitters, first and last name required. Um, yeah, so this is actually one of my favorite trivia facts is that the father and son actually ended up with the exact same number of home runs somewhere around. I think it's like 310, something like that. Uh, the son being Prince Fielder, but the father is Cecil Fielder. Well, well done, guys. Cause you had us. We uh, If they didn't play for the Jays, we don't have it. So we had <laughs> guessed uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and the, maybe there the third Ken Griffey and then, you know, maybe now a fourth. But we were wrong. So. Yeah, I had to go with a, a local question for me. That was Cecil Fielder. I actually remember watching Cecil Fielder play, going to some Tigers games as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Griffey, Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. were the only father-son, I believe, to home, homer in the same game. So there's there's some fun stuff there between those guys, too. Cool. All right, number eight. Which U.S. president from New York was the father of baby Ruth, who was listed by the Curtis Candy Company as the inspiration for the name of the baby Ruth candy bar? Yeah, so this one, again, we weren't 100% sure. I just figured it was somebody in the 20s or 30s, and I got it in my head that the B stood for baby Ruth, so he said Rutherford B. Hayes. And I feel like this is one of the things you kind of read and it sticks with you. I think it's Grover Cleveland. The answer is Grover Cleveland, and I think I think they they kind of did that in an underhanded way because they didn't want to pay Babe Ruth or his estate money mm-hmm. for capitalizing. Oh, just on by the name. calling it Baby instead of Babe. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. damn! It's marketing. Look at that. Uh, number nine. Who is the father to Greg, Jan, Cindy, Marsha, Peter, and Bobby? Yeah, great dad. Um, always love hearing his uh, his lessons, life lessons, if you will. Um, and that would be Mike Brady. Yep, we uh, we locked in with Mike Brady. Yeah, it's Mike Brady. Great job, guys. Number 10, what Canadian actor father shared the laughter and love with his son, a Grammy-nominated artist and judge on The Masked Singer? Yeah, uh, Matt and I were, were talking about how similar the father and son here are and how the lines are a little <laughs> blurred. Uh, and we, we went with... Uh, <laughs> A Canadian icon and uh, I believe insurance salesman on uh, commercials, uh, Alan Thicke. That was indeed the great Canadian legend, Alan Thicke. Yeah, Alan Thicke. Nice job. After the swing round, uh, we had a lot of points made up there, and it looks like Team Dog and Pony Show are at 90 points, and narrowly in the lead are uh, Matt and myself at Live, Left, Love with 95, so very close game. Uh, Kate, feel free to take it uh, away for round two. All right, round two, category one is science. One of the world's oldest living organisms, the Methuselah tree, estimated to be around 4,600 years old, belongs to which genus of tree, commonly known for its use in construction and for wood pulp? I'm not a, I'm not a purveyor of wood pulp. Um, um, or construction. I, I, or construction. I mean, I drink orange juice with no pulp, so that doesn't help me there, and I, uh, I'm not good with manual labor, so kind of at a loss here so we're we're locking with what what i said i i like that guess i think we were just trying to think of what would be everlasting and like last a long time so for some reason we went with evergreen i don't know why that seems like it will just be around longer even though that's based on probably terrible science and kate is probably (laughs) (laughs) so sad for our canadian education system but um that's kind of where we were thinking and so 
want to lock in with it? Yeah. Um, so I think it's not because it's in construction. So you're looking at more of a harder wood. Um, mm-hmm. And all I could think of was um, the movie Fern Gully. And uh, I think those were hard trees. So we said ferns. We locked in with ferns. Um, the correct answer here is pine. Oh, oh Matt, my gut was right. Pine. I had it written down and we didn't go for it. Oh, I didn't oh, know well. that was the genus. I thought that was the, the, the Latin tree. name is Pinus. I didn't know if mm. you wanted me to say Pinus on your podcast. <laughs> Do your <laughs> students just go nuts when you say that? I'm sure they, they can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's there are quite a few uh, terms that I I don't say. Like when we get out the little modeling kits to build the molecule models, I refer to them as pieces. Mm-hmm. They're not balls. Don't take the balls. <laughs> take the pieces and you build your, because you'll never get any learning done after that. <laughs> All right. Number two, not a wrestling question. What is the meaning of the prefixes litho and paleo? Cause pa- I mean, the paleo diet, this doesn't help them at all because I'm sure they know. That's like a lot of, it's very similar to keto, right? Is that how it is? Um, so, well, paleo, paleo. I think you're eating like nuts and uh, things that cavemen would would eat, right? Isn't there the the paleolithic era and then the the uh, good as hell litho era? <laughs> yeah, I hate but myself. But isn't like a isn't a lithogram something too? Yeah, I thought it's something to do with like light. Oh, yeah. So, I I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just say time? Okay. Time, maybe. We'll say uh, the mega powers. I don't know. Okay. Something wrestling. <laughs> Fine. We got nothing. You can. What do you guys got? So I wrote down my thoughts, and then my wife is smart enough to come up with what <laughs> we think the clue was, uh, because I said stone or rock, and she realized. Well, I wrote. Well, then I wrote down Stone Cold Steve Austin, but then realized that the more obvious wrestling answer is answer the is the rock so we're gonna lock in with the rock I with rock. rock rock slash donuts <laughs> with an episode that is correct nice job you guys got the the clue there good job they put in there because that was a, kind of another science question that i snuck in there <laughs> all right number three is state capitals this state capital is the second most populous city in the midwest after chicago it is centered at the confluence of the Scioto and Olentangy rivers and is home to a Big Ten university. Um, so as Canadians, we're trying to figure <laughs> out Midwest. <laughs> we have a pretty good idea, but um, not 100% sure. So just trying to think of most more like populous cities in that area. Um, and we're going to lock in with St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay, so we we quickly narrowed it down between um, Madison and Lansing as the two Midwest uh, states that had Big Ten universities. Because I don't think South Bend or what's the where's Ohio State? I forget where it is, but Ohio. It's, um, Col- yeah, it's Columbus. 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 Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, no, it's Columbus. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is Columbus. Ooh. Oh, I anyway. think we we're wrong, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So anyway, we locked in with Lansing based on some game theory a little bit, too. So we said Lansing. (laughs) We didn't think of a game theory. (laughs) Um, Well, Michigan State University is located in East Lansing, Mm. which is actually a separate uh, city. Um, 
you guys mentioned it, but the correct answer is Columbus. Yeah. And I was oh. surprised to see how the the population of Columbus was so large, but mm-hmm. apparently it is. All right, number four is elements. The name for this occupation is derived from the Latin and Old French for a person who deals in or works with lead. So many times we've been over this, Neil. We'll see if he can uh, he can get one right on elements. We're we're locked we're, in. We're locked in. If that makes you guys, you're locked in. Okay. So so lead, the element I believe is PB. Right. Um, and a person that would work with lead would possibly be a plumber. So yeah, so I think it's I think plumber makes sense. I think lead is PB. I suppose. No, I I know it. Oh, is. you know it is. Okay, so yeah, I that makes sense. I um I'm sure I have heard this a million times. I yeah, I, I'm good with your gut. I don't know. Okay, we're locked in plumber. Yeah, we're also locked in with uh, plumber, but I used my French knowledge instead of my elements knowledge from French for plum plumber. Yeah, correct. The Latin for lead is plumbum, and that's where you get the PB from, and the occupation is plumber. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I fail it. you can. Sorry. <laughs> Just somehow associate... I, I forgive you. Sorry. Associate Mario with lead, and then you you'll, it'll stick in your head, I have a feeling. That, that's how your brain works. <laughs> so if you could figure out a way to kind of put those together, you'll be fine. Category five is higher education. This Ivy League university is located in Ithaca, New York. Yeah, I know this. I think I'm, I, we can lock in, Matt. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Cornell. Yep. Um, I, I, I also agree it's Cornell. Um, I often got a question around between Columbia and Cornell, and I forget if it's a uh, road trip, maybe. Uh, they start in Ithaca, um, but that's kind of where I remember from. So, yeah, we went with Cornell as well. <laughs> the classic uh, Tom Green vehicle road trip. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic film. Have to put that out there. Yeah, the correct answer is Cornell University. Very uh, good. I was worried I had too many U.S. Uh, geography-related questions, but nice job. Uh, well, after five, it looks like uh, Team Dog and Pony Show has taken the lead. Uh, they have 120, and uh, Team Live, Laugh, and Love is at 115, so very close still. All right, question six. Holy birds. This is the state bird of Michigan. Just imagine Tim Allen's voice telling you the answer. <laughs> As the car drives by. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt clued in on, on the clue, which I did not, so that's good. So yeah, I think I think that's what we can lock in with. We uh, we also locked in. Uh, I am pretty sure, um, based on the clue, that it's a cardinal. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh no, oh. we th- we always associated this with you know you get into heaven and they release the doves. <laughs> we said we said <laughs> dove. Oh, it looks like my clue sent you down the wrong uh, wrong path. This should be holy birds, Batman. Mm. Because it is a robin. Oh, oh. oh. Robin. I love. That. I love. We all went a different direction with the clue. Holy, yeah. we're all still wrong. Madly off in all directions. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Numbers, number seven, movie songs. Name the Oscar-nominated song from the 1991 movie Beauty and the Beast that was performed by Angela Lansbury and Jerry Orbach and parodied on The Simpsons. Oh, we can lock in. Yep. It, it's 
it's the parody that's uh <laughs> yeah i think the parody's giving it to us um so we will lock uh, we have be our guest from see see my best i will be sitting see my best for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> for the rest of quarantine <laughs> uh, angela lansbury playing i believe the teapot right is that how that worked yeah she was the teapot yep and then jerry orbach is a uh, spoon candle i don't know i think he was a detective on one yeah. order <laughs> Is it be our guest or be my guest? Our our guest, yeah. Yeah, so be our guest is what we locked in with. Yeah, it's be our guest. And I did enjoy watching the See My Vest mm. uh, song last night when I was going through these questions. <laughs> yeah, and hey, if you guys are interested... Real gorilla can... chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys are interested, we do probably have either... It's up already or it's coming up soon. We have a Simpsons uh, trivia tournament. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. All right. Category number eight. Does this question make my butt look big? This questionable low carb bad diet that gained popularity in the early 2000s claims that carbohydrate restriction is critical to weight loss, but evidence suggests it may instead increase the risk of heart disease. I, th- I think I, we can lock in. Okay. I'm curious what you think. Cause I, I, always kind of associate one diet with low carb yeah okay we can lock in we're just working it out there were a few that were yeah well because the heart disease i'm pretty sure is originally sean had written down south beach but i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure that atkins died of heart disease and so then i think people were questioning how safe it was. So we locked in with Atkins. Yeah, this diet comes back in different forms all the time under different names. But Dr. Atkins did die of heart disease um, based on the diet. So we locked in with Atkins as well. The correct answer is Atkins. Nice. Nice job. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the way I was trying to dis- differentiate it was the, the early 2000s. With yeah. Because he with like, Atkins. Keto is basically the exact same diet, um, but I think it tells you to do go less on the uh, super sodium meats and that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's basically the exact same diet. Right. Number nine category is you've got a friend in me. The name for this Arizona city is also a term that describes the person who was in charge of candles, soap and related materials in wealthy medieval households. Oh, that your answer actually sounds a little bit more medieval. <laughs> okay, we'll lock in. I've got a funny guess. I was going through the Arizona cities we could name, and then I came up with something that I have heard of, and I know it's an Arizona city, uh, and I actually think it might be, I feel like I've heard it in that context. So we are going to, you're good? Yeah. We're going to lock in with Chandler. Hmm. Mm, and then... Fits the clue as you've got a friend in me because he was a friend. Um, so, but we locked in with Sonoma based on, I don't know, Arizona Gene Company. That's fine. <laughs> we're locked in. Yeah, nice job. You guys were able to pick up on my clue there. It is Chandler. The clue didn't actually hit me until afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really a lucky guess. If it was Phoebe, Utah, we would have had it. <laughs> what a shame. All right. Question 10, common bond. What is the specific common bond between all of the answers in this round? We've got pine, rock, 
Columbus, Plummer, Cornell, Robin, VR Guest, Atkins, and Chandler. We can lock in. Matt, I got it. Oh, I, I got it. <laughs> it just came to me. Uh, all famous Chris's. Yep, Chris we... Fine, Chris Rock, Chris Columbus, Christopher Robin, uh, Chris oh, Atkins, no. Christopher Guest, Christopher Plummer. We... Chris Cornell. Chris from, Cornell. Uh... Chris Cornell, yeah. There yeah, we agree. Uh, all famous Chris's. That's correct. And I thought it was funny when you guys mentioned uh, Chris Cornell earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was Almost funny. All right, nice job. After regulation, it looks like these scores are Live, Laugh, Love uh, at 145 and Team Dog and Pony Show in the lead with 160. So uh, still somewhat close, but uh, it's all going to come down to the final round with the wagers and uh, different categories. So, Kate, what are our final round categories? For the final round, first up we have U.S. politics, then geography, then old guys, opera songs, and then ABBA. Okay. All of our wagers are locked in. So Kate, feel free to give us those categories and their questions. And let's see how we do. All right. In U.S. politics, identify the political party that can be symbolized by a porcupine and is often, though unofficially, represented by the color yellow. In geography, Victoria Falls forms part of the border between which two African countries that both start with the same letter? Old guys. This man flew 58 missions as a Navy pilot, including one where his plane was shot down and he was rescued by a submarine in World War II. He later went on to serve as an ambassador and a CIA director. He lost the 1980 presidential primary, but still went on to have a successful career in U.S. politics. Opera songs. The song Ride of the Valkyries from Wagner's Ring Cycle was featured in an iconic scene from this film set during this set during the Vietnam War. And ABBA. Retiring from soccer was a difficult decision for World Cup winning striker Torres, who shares his first name with this ABBA song. But if he had to do the same again, he would, my friend. All right. I knew one. Okay. We're going to take a few moments and we will be back with our answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw 
Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or she, call the police. Or call the police, like <laughs> she should have, exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Okay, all the answers are locked in. Before we throw it back to Kate for the questions one more time, just wanted to give a huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, uh, which include Sean, Shenandoah, and Kate uh, for supporting our show, keeping us going, and uh, just helping us um, continue to release episodes and content, uh, especially during this during this uh, difficult times. So we really appreciate all the support over there. If you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast where there is a ton of extra content. Uh, I believe it's about 30 hours of extra uh, bonus content uh, you can listen to, but also access to different perks such as stickers, posters, uh, character boxes, and more. Uh, And we'd love to uh, see you over there, have you interact with our other Patreon supporters. uh, And also just uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for keeping us going. So patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. All right, Kate, we are ready. Let's uh, go through these questions one more time. All right. First question, U.S. politics. Identify the political party that can be symbolized by a porcupine and is often, though unofficially, represented by the color yellow. All right, um, Matt, you can take this one first. I am just going to say for the record, uh, Kate brought the heat with these categories and Matt and I uh, were scared uh, in our boots <laughs> and we wagered zero all the way down, which we've never done before. So we, uh, we, we're kind of... Uh, have no spine today so we went zero all the way down so matt go ahead yeah um so you could say that we were a bit yellow uh in this round so but uh not 100 percent sure uh we remember the don't tread on me flag associated with libertarians and i know it's yellow so we said libertarians so we knew nothing about uh, the other 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 parties but we uh figured if it's not dem and not republican it's not green we also said libertarian how much did you wager? We wagered 15, sorry. And the correct answer is libertarian. Mm. I didn't I didn't mean to make my category so scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't we don't like real facts or science, we're more of the <laughs> pop culture and games. <laughs> yeah, if if Ken and Jeff were here, we'd feel a lot more confident, but just knowing yeah. what these were, we were like, oh, let's just not risk it. <laughs> yeah, not our not our strong suits. Number 2 is geography. Victoria Falls forms part of the border between which two African countries that both start with the same letter? Uh, Again, wagering zero, obviously. Um, We're just looking for countries that start with the same letter. Kind of have an idea it's somewhere in the central to northern part of Africa. Um, So with that being said, we said Niger and Nigeria. Um, And we wagered uh, 20 points. And... um, have had similar questions to this in the past, so are pretty confident that it's Zambia and Zimbabwe. Yeah, they both start with the letter Z for you guys. Uh, that's <laughs> Zambia <Appreciate> and it. <laughs> Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh, dear. This is not going well for us, Neil. No, it is not. <laughs> All right, third one. Old guys. This man flew 58 missions as a Navy pilot, including one where his plane was shot down and he was rescued by a submarine in World War II. He later went on to serve as an ambassador and CIA director. 
He lost the 1980 presidential primary, but still went on to have a successful career in U.S. politics. Uh, yep. Once again, wager zero. Uh, we were trying to think of famous politicians uh, around that time. Uh, the only Do thing... Do you think this was John McCain, by the way? I don't know. I feel like I screwed this up. That's all right. Never mind. I don't think he was a pilot, though, but maybe that okay. maybe that's possible. Uh, we just knew that George H.W. Bush was a pilot. Uh, we weren't sure how many missions he went on, but uh, we just thought, hey, let's just go for it. So we went George H.W. Bush. Yep. We wager 20. Uh, and it, I... I've read a fair bit about him since he passed away. Uh, 1980, he did not win the primary, but he became VP, and it is George H.W. Bush. Yeah, George Herbert Walker Bush. Mm -hmm. Opera songs. The song Ride of the Valkyries from Wagner's Ring Cycle was featured in an iconic scene from this film set during the Vietnam War. This is the only one I knew. Uh, that would be Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. Um, so we wager 10, and I can tell you my wife is going to kill me because we went back and forth on whether it was Apocalypse Now or Platoon. And my gut said Platoon, and my gut was wrong. So it, uh, we're not right on that one. Uh, the correct answer is Apocalypse Now. We actually just watched this movie. We had gotten a, a poster that had like a uh, hundred movies that you should watch and you have to scratch off a little, a little thing and it has a little picture for the poster. So during our quarantine, we've been trying to make our way through this movie poster. And that was one of the movies on there, which I had never seen before. How did, did how did you feel after it was done? It's like, I made it through <laughs> scratching it off the list. I don't think, I don't <laughs> you're know. Not, if you're I'll not watch going it back again. to it. Yeah. I don't think I'll, it's like, That's... I'm done. Checked it off. That's that's how I felt too the first time I watched it, and then I laid down and I said, "The horror, the horror." <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'll be sleeping on the couch after that one, so <laughs> my my back will be saying, "The horror, the horror." <laughs> Last one was Abba, Abba, Abba. I I never know. Um, retiring from soccer was a difficult decision for World Cup winning striker Torres, who shares his first name with this Abba song. But if he had to do the same again, he would, my friend. Uh, yeah, uh, wagered zero. I think this is right. Um, one of one of the best ABBA songs. Uh, I think it's Fernando. Yep, we wagered fifteen, and we could hear the share cover from that um, ridiculous Mamma Mia sequel. Uh, it is, I believe, uh, we believe Fernando. It is Fernando. All right. After the final round, uh, we wagered zero, which is the first time we've really done it in a long time and uh, did not pan out for us. Uh, team Live, Laugh and Love ended at 145 and uh, Team Dog and Pony Show brought a dog and pony to the to the fight and we got kicked in the chest pretty hard and bit on the arm. Uh, we lost uh, to them who are today's cream of the crop with 220 points. The cream of the crop. So great job, guys. You did a wonderful job there. Thank you. Thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah, it came down to wagering at the end, and uh, we'll probably never do that again because we got four <laughs> out of five right. <laughs> <laughs> we we always used to bet everything on every question, every final question, mm -hmm. and uh, we've never really yeah gone zero, and we just uh, shouldn't. I have think gone. it's the quarantine getting to us. I think it is. <laughs> I think it's it ruined is. our strategy. Cowards, just cowards. Yeah, mm -hmm. we are. Um, Kate, wonderful game, great questions. Thank you for putting it together for us. Thanks. Kate. Thank you so much for having me. This is a fun time. Uh, let's start with you. Uh, you have some students hopefully listening, giving it a giving it a listen. Uh, any shout outs to them or anyone else you'd like uh, for today? Um, I think right now I'm just going to shout out teachers. Uh, they've 
teachers I know have done a great job the last couple of months trying to pull some learning together. And that includes all the parents who are at home being temporary teachers. Um, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. The kids appreciate you and we need you. Yes, we, uh, we agree. Thank you to all the teachers, um, in school or, uh, just in the home uh, right now as well. Uh, Sean and Shenandoah, any final words from you guys? Yeah, we really want to give a shout out to our regular trivia team. We were playing uh, weekly at Town Brewery in Whitby, just outside Toronto. Uh, they have not been running online. But we've been doing a lot of trivia workshop and a couple others since then. But, you know, shout out to the home base and to our regular team. I'll let Shannon uh, do that. Turned down for what? So uh, Nicole, uh, Kyler, Nadia, Sam, Levi, and then a few ringers every once in a while. Alexis, <laughs> and there's, there's a couple people who... <laughs> come up and join us and we couldn't do it without them so thanks guys this one's for you awesome well yeah thank you so much for joining us today i'm glad we were able to do this uh both to sean and shenandoah and also kate um and uh, thank you uh, all for being patreon supporters we truly appreciate it um but uh, yeah we had a lot of fun today we hope everyone is staying safe uh and uh enjoying the shows we're putting out because we're enjoying recording them and uh, it's a great distraction so uh for ken matt jeff Uh, Kate, Sean, and Shenandoah. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Oh, so I was just going to say my favorite quote uh, Colleen and I share is from Ice Cube in uh, 21 Jump Street when uh, he yells at Jonah Hill and says, stop with Korean Jesus. He ain't got time for your problems. He's busy with Korean. (laughs) It's my favorite one. I can't do his impression, so that's that's the best I'm going to do.